Bentley, I said speaking, you are a for not answering right now in this beautiful moment for our f***ing team, man. I want to cry right now. What the f*** did we just do? These are not the same Jaguars. The our Jaguars lose these games. Our Jaguars don't even come back. They get blown out. Bentley, Bentley, our defense stinks. And they make a couple good plays and we win the game, Bentley. We're in this race. We're f***ing in this ship. Let's go, JJ's. Let's f***ing go. Hello, and welcome to The Drunken Jaguar. This is an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast, and we are absolutely thrilled to be back yet again. Another Jaguars victory coming when we least expected it. I guess that's fair to say inside the game. We had high hopes coming into the game. Our our, uh, our sights were, were set fairly high coming in against the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm not alone in thinking that we were not going to win all right, at least through the first two quarters, two and a half quarters. Then fate starts changing our way. Then we have another series of lows. I'm sure I haven't even looked at it. We had to look up the the like win percentage, you know, like the win possibility yeah. percentage here. Mm-hmm. But we were thoroughly convinced. We were we were so the epic narrative, the Shakespearean five act play, the the denouement, if that's how you say it. We were in the middle of the most brutal storm, and yet we found a way out. I said two questions. Okay, fire. How how do you feel? And two, I hope you consent to my use of uh, your voicemail in this episode, (laughs) because it was uh, amazing. (laughs) Ah, Well, let's start with how I feel. I I feel pretty good. I mean, I, I thought it was over. Bentley. I mean, we all thought it was over. These are not the Jaguars that we know that come back in games. This is a a couple times they've had to do this where they're they've been down in games and they fought back and end up taking the lead and end up winning. And the best part to me was they took the lead, they gave it back away, and then they still ended up winning the game. And they had to drive down the field to, you know, get in field goal range, which was actually chaos by itself. Just a crazy game. I did not expect any of that. It was not looking good for about, I don't know, three, really three whole quarters. And the Jaguars came through. I couldn't believe my eyes. Do you want to share what happened uh, during the Cowboys? Yeah, I kind of half flipped a table, you know, and I jumped into a friend's arms. I'm jumping all over the place, knocking crap over. But, you know, it. Yeah, I think it was worth it though. So you you but you you didn't watch that third down play, right? You actually you literally you physically left the bar. Is that right? We're talking overtime. Jaguars have already punted. Cowboys have the ball. They've they've definitely got momentum. Definitely going to be a Cowboys road victory here. Third down, I said leaves the bar. Is that correct? Yes, I actually just stepped outside and I was like telling my I was telling a friend because I could see him from the window. I was like, just hold up the the fourth down symbol if we, if if we get the stop here. I was like, I can't watch this, so I walk out, and he like holds up the symbol, like tilts his head a little bit. I'm like, what's happening in there? And then I hear like you know some noise from in there because there, there there wasn't any Jaguar fans, but everyone was kind of rooting for the Jaguars, and everyone had their eyes on that game. 
just hear hear some noise and then next thing i know one of my cowboys friends comes out and he's like it was a pick six and i was like stop messing around he's like it was a pick six and i ran in there and i was like what the f-? i i couldn't believe it i literally couldn't believe it i'm sitting there watching the replay i just went crazy then i called you I thought that you were, you know, watching it live. I was like, holy shit, I got to call Bentley. I was. I was catching. Oh, wow. We had a whole family watching of the France and Argentina game in the morning. And then we're watching the Cowboys and Jaguars. I mean, you know, the rest of my family here are Cowboys fans, more or less. And so we're watching it here outside. We're in outside of Dallas and East Texas. And then they all had to leave to go to some, like, house appointment thing or whatever. <laughs> And so I was by myself watching the end of the game. Like, why can't they be here to watch their misery, man? Come on. This is like our one time we get to rub this in someone's face. God. Yeah. And then you, you were calling, and I, I actually wasn't at that play yet. So I was like, why is he calling? Why is he calling? Why is he calling? And I'm like, oh, the Jaguars must have won. must have won. And then, like, Trevor runs and fumbles. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's calling because he's depressed out of his mind. It was so close. We had it in our sights. And then the Jaguars, you know, get the ball back with a few seconds left. And Evan Ingram becomes f-ing Gumby and stretches out, <laughs> out of bounds, keep the possession alive and everything. And then I'm like, okay, well, they tied. Okay, that's when he called because it's getting really exciting. He wants to talk to me and, and, and get me hyped for the overtime. And then they go into overtime and the Jaguars punt the ball. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, okay, so he's calling because he just had like a mental breakdown and he like f-ing assaulted someone on Colfax Avenue in downtown Denver and I'm his bail and holy shit, Rayshon Jenkins. Oh my God. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Yes. Mag- magical moment. Definitely going to remember that one. You only assaulted a table, so ho- hopefully no beer steins are broken. Yeah, on. actually, I actually when I jumped uh, onto one of my friends, I actually ended up elbowing like my best childhood friend in the nose, who's a Cowboys fan, <laughs> with his jersey on, and he starts just bleeding on his <laughs> all over himself. He had like a oh, nose blood. bleed. Yes, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I kind of yeah, I lost control a little bit. <laughs> I just looked up the win probability percentage, and as one would imagine, it starts in the Cowboys' favor. It dips a little, it looks like maybe through the first quarter, and just has a steady climb up, 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 past halftime into the third quarter, where it suddenly craters and makes it to the Jaguars' favor kind of around the the beginning of the fourth quarter, and then skyrockets back. It's making me emotional here. (laughs) Skyrockets back to the Cowboys. Before absolutely plummeting on essentially the the last possession in overtime. And you mentioned it's not like the Jaguars of old. There were things falling our way that we're just not accustomed to having fall our way. There were moments both on offense and defense. Defense is the obvious one. The turnovers, right? The interceptions. Rayshon Jenkins played a game that I, I hope that if this was like a Super Bowl, he would be the Super Bowl MVP, and they wouldn't be tempted to give it to Trevor Lawrence, even though Trevor had a fantastic uh, performance. You, you rarely see something of the likes of what Rayshon Jenkins gave us during this game, right? On offense, though, we had some fantastic coaching. We had brilliant strategy at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, despite Trevor's fumble on a drive that essentially would have at least launched us into overtime, if not sealed the game, we were able to get the ball back and uh, amass 
just the right amount of yards under just the right conditions, including an overruled, uh, not out of bounds play with Evan Ingram stretching like his life depended it. Just a lot of really great, minute things going the Jaguars' way. And I got to give Mad Props coaching for the latter part of that there. I don't know how to take this, man. It's like, it's weird. It's like, uh, I'm watching this game and I'm like, oh, it can't, it can't be real. It can't be real. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's rigged in our favor. We're not even the Patriots. Yeah. It's actually funny you say that because I, everything, every time something good happened for the Jaguars, I was like, oh, they got to throw a flag. They got to do something to put this back in favor for uh, America's team. Cause there's no way they're going to let the Jaguars win this game against, you know, quote unquote America's team. So I always I, I just thought something was going to happen, like a flag or when the interception happened, you know, anything, anything. It just things fell our way, but things fell our way. They also didn't go our way because we turned the ball over too, what three times, right? Yeah. Two fumbles and an interception. And usually if you turn the ball over three times, you're not going to win football games. And they did because they forced their own turnovers. And that's what's crazy about this Jaguars defense, right? They hate they. They really can't stop anybody, it seems like, but they have these like very opportunistic turnovers at the at the time you need them, and that's how they won a lot of their games this year. It's kind of crazy, but they can't stop anyone. They couldn't stop the Cowboys, I'll tell you that. They don't have the pass rush that we had in 2017 that would sort of complete the defense as it stands. Um, not to say that our linebacking core and uh, secondary have been stellar this year, but that pass rush has been the thing that's been missing. And, and these are all sort of complementary sides of the of the defensive ball. So you're completely right in terms of turnovers, and especially in recent games, we've had a brilliant uh, turnover uh, ratio. I think we're, what are we, like, uh, we're like positive seven. Like we have seven more turnovers than our opponents in the last six games, is it? Something like this? Yep. That reminds me of that confidence we had with the 2017 defense, where it was fun to watch our defense go out there. And even though it may not be the same level this year, at least it's possible, right? At least we we did it. We just won a game with a walk-off pick six. Yeah, no kidding. You know, it's funny, though. This defense, like, we saw the pass rush actually in, in spots against the Cowboys. I thought they were actually okay. I just want to know, why is there always a pass rusher uh, out there in coverage for the Jaguars? Did you notice that? Saw Trayvon out there once. Josh Allen got beat by Hendershot. I was like, why are these guys in coverage every time? Like what is going on? I took like a like a try to photo and make a gif out of Smoot extending like ballerina style with his hand all the way up in the air to to get in the face of a receiver, <laughs> and and he defended the pass well, man. Incompletion. <laughs> I mean, maybe that people were saying, hey, let's uh, let's you know move Darius Williams to the outside. Let's try you know wing guard in the slot or whatever. Just put Smoot out there, man. <laughs> A little safety, safety smooth. Yeah, I don't love it. But hey, there's one play I, I'm thinking of. I, I think it was when the first half was winding down. It might have been a third and three, third and four, third and two maybe at midfield. And they ran like an option route and a Luicon just blew it up. I thought that was an excellent play. Kind of random, but I don't know if you remember that play. I thought that was huge. It was huge because they had to give the ball back as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big stuff, big stuff. And our tackling, Luluakun had 14 tackles for the day. Jenkins had 18. It was funny because they mentioned Jenkins having 18 somewhere in the fourth, and then he clearly had one or two more tackles after that, and he he still <laughs> wound up with 18 recorded for the day. So I don't know exactly what happened there. So in our stats category, too, we've got a half half a sack for Fatoukasi that he 
shared with Arden Key, and Arden Key has another sack in addition to Josh Allen's. So we did have three sacks on the day. I want to do, do a little bit of trivia for you here on the stat sheet. Are you are you cool with that? Yeah, let's do some trivia. I want to see how the game statistically played out versus our perception of it. Okay. So uh, Trevor Lawrence. Well, first of all, do you, would you consider his day a career day stat wise? Yes, it, but it did, like if you look at the box score, yeah. But like it, by feel, I don't know. I I mean, he did play well. Passer rating one hundred nine. Uh, quarterback rating fifty nine point eight. Um, he was sacked once. He threw, of course, uh, a pick, and he also fumbled crucially. So th- those are some uh, smears to what was overall a, a pretty good game. He was 27 of 42 for for 318 yards. Do you remember how many touchdowns he threw? I do. Four. Four, correct. Uh, last Jaguars quarterback to throw four touchdowns I mean, in the game. I'm... <laughs> I actually know this because it's Blake Bortles, right? Ding, ding, ding. Yep, you got it. You got it. it. (laughs) Here's one I was uh, really curious with here. So Jamal Agnew had three carries. How many yards rushing did he wind up with? I feel like he had maybe 35, 40 yards. I I remember they're giving him like jet sweeps and all kinds of unique plays, getting the ball into his hands, which I love, by the way. But I'm going to guess 40 yards-ish. All right, my guy had three carries for 52 yards. Remember, he had that 30-yarder. No shit. Did he have a 30? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right after the interception, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. The first one, yeah. All right, then we have uh, Etienne. All right, so Etienne, I, here's, you're talking about impression versus physical performance here. I, just from the fumble, had this sort of bad taste in my mouth about Etienne all game. Yeah, me too. I agree. How many yards, though, did Etienne run for? He had 19 carries. How many yards did he wind up with? I don't know exactly how much. I do know he had above 100 because I remember seeing it. But it seemed like the quietest 100 yards you're ever going to see, right? Because it didn't seem like he was playing that well. I mean, obviously, I feel the same as you. After that fumble, I was kind of over him. And I thought Hasty should have been playing a little bit more. You even saw Snoop Connor in there. But I know he did have 100. Yeah, you're right. He had 103. And if you'd asked me, man, I would have been expecting to see like 48 yards on the stat sheet here. 49, right? It's a complete surprise. He had some big runs, though. He did. He did. He had a 16-yard run. Yeah. Was his long for the day. So mm-hmm. here's one. Who had more receptions, Christian Kirk or Zay Jones? I, I only remember Christian Kirk having like three catches because he had a long one. And then... No, well, Zay Jones had that long one, but Christian Kirk had that had that really nice catch too, like with his fingertips. I feel like Christian Kirk only had like four catches, and I think Zay Jones had like seven or eight. And I know he had those two touchdowns too. They both had six. Did they really? Yeah. No way. Wow, it didn't seem like it, right? It didn't seem like it at all, right? You think that Zay Jones had way more? Yeah. All right, we need to. I don't know the trivia on this one. Last Jaguar to have three touchdowns in a game. Zay Jones just had three touchdowns receiving. He had two touchdowns receiving, right? He, he didn't have three, did he? Three. He had three? Yep. Wow. I, I thought he only had two the whole time. If I'm not mistaken, James Stewart had five touchdowns rushing. Really? In one game. You're asking for a receiver, though, right? Not just any player? I'm asking for a receiver. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, uh, my guess would be... It's got to be like Jimmy Smith or Keenan McCardell, right? There's no way it happened in the Bortles era. Definitely didn't. Maybe Justin Blackman? 
Well, that's what I'm, I'm looking for here. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> okay. You don't actually know. Okay. My guess is Justin Blackman, but I don't think that's right either. It's going to be hard to find, I think. Good luck. You could just go with Justin Blackman. It was him. Promise. Was Justin Blackman that good? I mean, he had he had like two or three games. I want to say that game against the Broncos, he had like 200 yards and three touchdowns. But it might have been like 200 yards and two touchdowns. He had 14 catches for 190 yards, zero TDs. <laughs> he, hey, he took off, though. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I found Zay Jones. Uh, okay, this is Alan Hearns. Mercedes, Merce, Mercedes Lewis in 2017. Oh, you got it. Remember that in London? In London? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Ravens? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, so it was a Bortles game. <laughs> This is probably his uh, four-touchdown game then, right? It uh, seems like it would be. All right, Cowboys got to Trevor Lawrence once. Who recorded that sack? I believe it was Michael Parsons, wasn't it? Correct, yeah. Yeah. Nice one, too, a little bit early on. Yep. First half, for sure, I remember. Yep. Got us scared, got us scared. And then, and then, okay, can we talk about Devin Lloyd's non-sack? Yes, let's talk about it, because I'm talking to the Cowboys fans right next to me, and I'm like, did did he just just bump him like i even did like a reenactment at the bar i was like he just did this bumped him and didn't tackle him like is this one of those things where i'm scared to get a roughing the passer or did he his controller die because he could have easily just took him down i don't know what the <laughs> hell he was doing did i was hoping i wasn't the only one who saw that because i like rewatched it. i was like what the fuck is he doing what the hell was that yeah, literally, you got to push the square button <laughs> yeah. and hold, man. <laughs> you just had the joystick held, you know, it just ran into him, kind of. <laughs> Major glitch play. I don't know. I don't know why he was thinking. That would have been his first sack, I think. So afraid of roughing the passer, I guess. I guess. I, and also, some, like, maybe he didn't know the ball wasn't out yet or some shit. I, I don't know. It's, it was bizarre. It was extremely bizarre. No, he knew he had the ball still. I mean, he's holding it right in his face damn near. I don't know what what he was thinking. Maybe I was my first thought was maybe they're coached up to like, hey, you got to be really careful because we've been called for so many roughing the passers. So be really careful when you're coming in hot. But like he could have easily just took him down. It didn't have to be anything vicious. He could have went for a strip at that point because he came in pretty free. And then he bounced out and that could have been. Yeah, Dak Dak could have potentially tried to run it in. Basically, he did bounce him out to the you know the outside, and I think Dak ended up throwing it away. What a weird that was a weird play. And like you said, I mean this uh, you know the defense came up with big plays when we needed them the most, uh, while still giving up some some crucial plays and still not not executing on plays like that, like Lloyd's non sack. Right, it shows you also too what the difference between following through and, and winning games that are a one score difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is been an amazing story right now to get to where we are to be here in contention for the playoffs to be in control of our fate yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, but to to have theoretically we could have gotten there faster just by winning some of the closer games earlier on now i don't know if that if that uh if we sort of learned develop some kind of grit through that you know learn some kind of resilience by not winning those games and then now kind of figuring out ways to win what's what's your take on all that yeah, man. I mean, it seems like they kind of flipped the script, right? Because now in these one-score games, they're kind of finding a way to win. Like on defense, they're finding a way to either get a stop or a turnover. And on offense, they're just driving, simply just driving the ball down the field and putting points on the board when they need it the most. 
So that's that's what I've seen. I was actually watching that. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about this briefly later, but that Vikings come back against the Colts, and they're showing how the Vikings are nine and zero in one score games in crunch time or the fourth quarter or whatever. And I was like, well, if you flip that around, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars because they've just been a mess when it comes to one score games. But they have flipped the script a little bit, which is very encouraging to see, especially for a young team. They're finding ways to win, and I think that's like the biggest hurdle they had to get over. And we've seen it a couple times now, but this one was just incredible because you're, you're down 17, like with four minutes left in the third quarter, and by the time there's 11 minutes left in the fourth, they're right back in this thing and ready to take the lead. <laughs> it was incredible. And they got the timely stops. They got the timely turnovers. When they got the ball, they drove it down the field quickly too like that zay jones touchdown that was huge man they took a shot down the field great move terrible defense and i mean mean, that's that's how you win games right there especially when things were looking tough in overtime too i thought that third down you, you have to get a stop and force them to punt and you get the ball back and you get that that very lucky i guess you call it lucky but that bounce and rayshon takes it to the house and who knows if he you know, goes down right there. Maybe the Jags go backwards. They get a holding call, but he just ends the game right there. And that's what they needed just to walk off. All right. So let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about the weeks ahead. Is that cool? Yep. Let's do it. I said, looking at the Jaguars next several games. All right. We have three more games left. We play at the Jets this Thursday, this week just a few short days after our victory over the Cowboys. We then play the Texans in Houston the following week. And then the Texans come to Jacksonville for the final game of the season. I'm a little surprised at how many people have no clue what it takes for the Jaguars to make the playoffs. Yes. And I'm going to I'm going to offer you three categories right here, all right? Category 1 is people who assume that Jaguars and playoffs are two words that don't go together. <laughs> and so they tell you about how the Jaguars just beat their division rival Titans and how they knocked off the Cowboys in an overtime thriller, but they don't follow it up with any kind of the Jaguars control their fate language. Yep. They'll go on for, for hours about how the Cowboys could have uh, made a big step towards their division lead with the Eagles. they got the Eagles coming up next week, uh, but the Cowboys tend to lose some of these clutch games deep into the season, and no matter where they go into the playoffs, they'll they'll lose that first playoff game, and blah, 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 blah. But, but they, they will forget or they won't even consider the fact that this win was monumental for the Jaguars and has now made them, I would say the favorite to win the AFC South. That's category one. Whoa. Whoa. Category two. Yeah. Category. The favorite, man. The favorite. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, the favorite starring uh, Trevor Lawrence. All right. Category two people in the league. Right, who they still assume because the Jaguars have a worse record than the Titans that the Titans need to lose another game for the Jaguars to have a shot at the playoffs. All right, and this one, this one, I kind of, I kind of give them some, cut them some slack, man, because yes, we're six and eight, the Titans are seven and seven, so it, it looks on paper 
like they're in the lead of the division, and you don't really consider that essentially a division game can kind of count as double if it if you win the tiebreaker against that team. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so at the category two, I'm a little more forgiving, but still kind of surprised. I mean, come on, man. Like you guys, it's your job to comment on the NFL here. You you, you better be more in tune with with who's got a, a straight shot to the playoffs right now. All right, and then category three is, and I and I won't I won't name names. Okay, but this may or may not be a couple people who uh, are brought on by the Jaguars radio network themselves, whose names rhyme with phony uh, Dorelli and <laughs> Keat uh, Frisco, right? <laughs> who 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 offer that if the Jaguars win their next two games against the Jets and the Texans, and if the Texans lose their next two games and they're playing the Cowboys and then the Texans, that the Jaguars can rest all of their starters in week 18. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Because <laughs> they would have clinched. Did they say that? I hope they didn't say that. They know They know better. Yeah. And I got excited. I mean, they, you know, false excitement. Early early Christmas gift there. I was like, wait, what? We're good to clinch? No way. But no. Yeah, just, just if you're listening, we're not clinching until we beat the t***s, basically. You're correct. However... Uh, Boselli and Prisco were spot on when they said that no matter how we got here, our expectation is to win the division now, right? That's our that's our new standard mm-hmm. and to go into the playoffs. Yep. Are we now in the territory of the Jets and the Texans are trap games for us? No, we are, we are not. <laughs> because when you come down to this point of the season, you know that you can't look ahead to anything and you know you still have to win to even have that opportunity because – it is not locked up one bit right now. I think this it was a great stride for us because we did need to win uh, a couple of these last games, and we did need the to help us out by losing. So technically, I look at it like we're tied for the division right now, so you have to play to still win, and this Jets game is going to be huge. I don't see this as a trap game because this is a primetime game for them, and it's a team that's also fighting for the playoffs. Now, there's another situation that I just thought of today, which is if the Jags beat the Jets and the Texans beat the Titans, who are going to be playing without Ryan Tannehill, and we've seen Malik Willis this year not playing very well. Uh, of course, the Texans are playing everyone tough. I mean, they played the Cowboys tough. They should have beat them. They played the Chiefs really tough. They had a chance against them, and we've seen it all season with the Texans. So if the Texans beat the Titans and the Jaguars beat the Jets here on Thursday, that would actually give the Jaguars a chance to rest their starters against the Texans in Week 17 because they'll be tied with the Titans and the result will not change anything because you're not going to move up to a three seed, correct? Mm-hmm. So you're you're playing for the four seed or nothing. So at that point, it comes down to Week 18 win or loss against the Texans. If they win, because Holy we'd be tied, shit. you know what I mean. Whoa. So they would, yeah. So they would actually have a chance to rest their starters against the Texans and get them Holy ready f- for the Titans. And the Titans would have, you know, they would have the same liberty as well. Because if the Jaguars do it, they could do it too. Because they know that Week 17 game will mean absolutely nothing against the Cowboys for them. Now, would that affect uh, either of our uh, potential ranking in the playoffs against? Okay, let's say one of the lower seeded wild card, one of the wild card teams makes it through the to the next 
No, the what we, the AFC Championship game basically we'd have to meet them, right? Right, but it's not going to affect anything because we can't move out of that four seed. Got it. Are we four seed throughout, or do we get to records once we get to higher game, like the AFC Championship game? Nope. You, you nope. You just stay at that. You stay. It goes by seeding in the NFL, whereas in most sports, you know, they'll give it the nod to the record. We'll play at home no matter what. Oh wow. Okay. Yep. I think that's some that's some like next level analysis right there i don't know i don't know if uh jaguars happy hour is ready for that kind of uh point there i said <laughs> don't you don't you feel that if we did wind up resting starters in that penultimate game that like week uh 17 and then we wouldn't lost to the t- people would blame us resting starters was the reason why like we kill the momentum yeah i mean you can look at it any way you want because if you think about it though they could do the same thing though right especially with Tannehill out and if they want to protect Malik Willis knowing that they don't really have anyone behind him ready to go they might even do the same thing or if Tannehill's ready to go you know they're definitely not going to play him but I I feel like his injury was pretty bad and I think he might be out for the for the rest of the year regardless but I could see both coaches doing that if it came down to that because what's the point right you take your bye week right then because you know if you win that game against the or if the Titans beat the Jaguars, you go straight in the next week and you have to be ready to play again. There's no bye week. So you could take that bye week a, a little early because they're not playing for anything. You are literally playing for nothing. It would be a meaningless game between the Cowboys and the Titans and the Jags and the Texans because it literally would not affect anything. It The only thing it would affect is what your record looks like on paper. It's the only thing. <laughs> We can uh, shift focus here to around the NFL then. Saturday, in both a game on Saturday and a head coach named Saturday, the Colts lost to the Vikings. And I believe is what is the NFL's biggest ever comeback. Is this is this right? This is true. And I, I checked the score at halftime. I was like 33-0. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but... I guess the Vikings maybe are a little fraudulent. I don't I don't know what happened. Started watching in the fourth quarter and boy, that was that's a crazy turnaround, man. I was I was pretty happy because I'm a big Kirk Cousins fan. Don't like him getting roasted. I think he's had a great season, but they they really fought back the energy in that stadium. You could hear it, you could feel it through the TV. I would say it was it was just absolutely nuts and. Matt Ryan does it again, right? Blows a big lead, even though it's not all his fault that it is a team thing. But that that just can't happen, man. You're up 33 points. 33. So I think that one takes the cake for for wildest finishes. And some questionable refereeing in that game as well. We the Lions, ever since uh we lost to them, they've they've been on a, a pretty solid roll. I think it'd be fair to even compare the Lions and the Jaguars fate this season, kind of a similar late season things coalescing, coming together at the right time. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think I'm not gonna lie, I think I'm starting to root for the Lions myself. They're they're a fun team to watch. They're young, they have a lot of playmakers, and you know, when teams are so bad for so long, you just you start to feel bad for them. And I think people are really becoming attached to this team. And a lot of people didn't believe in Dan Campbell. I don't think anyone believed in Jared Goff. This team's really put it together, man. And I would really like to see them in the playoffs. So I will be rooting for them for sure. What else around the NFL caught your attention this week? Um, well, the NFC South is just the worst division I've, I think I've ever seen in my whole life. 
And so those Cowboys are very fortunate. I, I mean, they clinched with the, uh, was it a Giants loss, I, I think, last night? Or so, something happened where they clinched the playoffs. But they are in the most friendly spot they can be in at that five seed. Yes, they will have to go on the road, you know, their first playoff game. But they're going to either play the Buccaneers or the Carolina Panthers. And the way the Buccaneers are playing right now, I don't think anything anyone's afraid of them. I know it's Tom Brady and this and that, but if you watch those guys play, they're they're just awful. And they blew another game yesterday against the Bengals. So that NFC South is just terrible. Six and eight is what what is winning the division right now with the Buccaneers. Which I mean, it's similar to the AFC South, but this division's worse. Well, and yeah, the Giants' 2012 victory over the Washington Commanders. You know that that puts the Commanders at seven, six, and one, and so they would be they would be atop the entire NFC South, but they're actually the bottom of the NFC East. Right? Yeah, it's actually crazy to think about. And the Packers, who won, they're not quite out of it. You know, if they can win out, they they might they might be in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be interesting going coming down the stretch. The wild card race right now. The Ravens are atop the wild card race at nine and five. The Chargers are at eight and six. They're tied with the Dolphins. Dolphins are also eight and six. So you get to the you know the Patriots and the Jets. We have beaten the Ravens and the Chargers. Do we have a preferred opponent out of those two? Sorry, let me add the Dolphins to that. No, God, please don't, don't please don't start a little. <laughs> I don't even want to start looking ahead. It, to the playoffs man we still have so much work to do but if there's a preferred team i think it kind of depends on the on the health right of lamar jackson is lamar jackson going to be healthy going into the playoffs they're saying he will be but if it's tyler huntley i mean i want to play the ravens then in that case i would gladly play the ravens if not i don't think i want to see the chargers but then i don't want to see the dolphins i'm not really scared of the dolphins but the Dolphins receivers are so explosive and we've seen what teams can do in in the short game and crossing routes against us. And I don't want to see our DBs trying to chase down Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle personally. So I, I would say probably the Ravens are Chargers seeing the Chargers again. Except Justin Herbert's starting to get hot and ugh, I don't know if I want to see that guy. You know, if the Patriots sneak in there, if the Jets do, depending on how we play them, maybe that would be a good option. But I mean, I think if the Jets lose to the Jags this week, that's going to be all all she wrote for them. If the Patriots uh, keep on uh, uh, pulling their fumble ruski laterals while the game's tied, then my God, what was not going to be much for them to hope for either. <laughs> what was that? That that was the worst play I've ever seen. I think in my life, by the way. <laughs> I'm still blown away by the Jaguars, not only just barely making the in-the-hunt graphic by the skin of their teeth a few weeks ago, but now solidly having a chance to grab that fourth seed as a division winner. The best part, too, is like the Jets, Jaguars. I, I think they were talking about it on part of my take briefly today. Like People kind of saw this as a game late in the season. It's going to be two really bad teams. No one's going to really care. It's not going to really mean anything. But this game means a lot to both teams. The Jets are fighting for their playoff lives. And the Jaguars are fighting, fighting Klon, trying to get in there as well. So there's a lot at stake uh, on Thursday night. Nice. I like the Jaguars clawing <laughs> metaphor there. Very accurate. But the Jets game is big because I think we can handle the Texans this time. 
it's it's going to be weird because the Cowboys might have that fifth seed locked and they might be able to rest their their starters against the top here in a couple weeks, which is would just be awful for us. So we we need a couple things to happen. Either the the Cowboys to beat the Eagles this week, or if they lose, we need the Giants to win, just so the Giants are still competing for that spot a little bit. You know, they have to have something at stake, or else they they might might just sit their starters. Oh, f- so we need the Cowboys to get back on it then. Yeah, I, I, you want to beat the Eagles this week for sure. Jalen Hurts is out, and he, he's probably going to be out for the season. So I think they're going to put the foot on the pedal and try to win this division. Okay, all right. Well, very interesting. I'm kind of excited, man. I kind of want I kind of want this to be a, uh, you know, it's, it's no longer just good enough that we put together some wins this season. It's no longer just good enough that Trevor Lawrence made – big strides improving as our franchise quarterback and had some chemistry with his receivers. It's not good enough that we brought in a few free agents on defense to come make a difference. It's not good enough that Doug Peterson has the team enjoying football again and also smartly winning some games in the final minutes. The only thing good enough is playoffs. And I'm f***ing pumped. Yep. I think that's what it comes comes down to at this point. And one last note. Going into the next couple weeks, if everything does pan out well for the Jaguars, which we're all hoping for, we want to keep an eye on the Falcons and the Buccaneers on uh, – well, they play January 7th. That's, is that the last, last game of the season? Your last game of the season could be a potential Sunday night flex, you know, for the Jaguars and Titans, you know, to – playing for the division and they they do leave those times open for this reason because if there's a, a divisional matchup that come comes down to it they will flex it so buccaneers falcons there's a chance that would happen or the Bengals and ravens but we're hoping for the jags and on sunday night is what i'm saying hell yeah uh, i think that would be that would be beautiful and yeah okay so maybe maybe tom brady gets it if they've got a chance maybe maybe he wins out so it would be final season potentially for him right well i mean don't forget last year what happened the final day of the regular season oh the crazy game right yeah well we beat the colts yeah we kept the colts out of the playoffs we then set into motion this chain of events we had some near near playoff misses we had Roethlisberger fighting for his life out there <laughs> and then we had that uh the I guess what what had been flexed the evening game that went into overtime what was that the Raiders and the Chargers and they were so they were so flexed that they, they could, either one of them could they could have tied and both made the playoffs and then uh, just that bizarre gusto that <laughs> that uh led uh was it who who finally won the Chargers right no the Raiders Right, and that was only for the last wild card spot. And if they tied, they both would have gone in. Right, that was the scenario there. Yeah, yeah, that was madness. I forgot about that. Yeah, because it was so it's so heroic what Justin Herbert was able to put together there. And then they 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 admitted both. I think both teams admitted to considering tying. Like it was on their mind as they went into overtime. And it was just uh just the reading of the other team right led the Raiders to be a little more aggressive. And they hit that second field. I mean, it was field goal, field goal, field goal in overtime. Boom. Raiders win. Make the playoffs. Chargers out. All righty. Well, thank you, Asad. And thank you, listeners, for listening to The Drunken Jaguar, an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Drunken Jaguar. 
We're pumped for these final games of the season. Next one's coming up soon. You got any plans to watch it, I said? Where are you going to be? I am going to be sitting at home all alone, and I, I don't think I'd have it any other way. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little, little nervous. So it's probably safe for bar tables, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, I was going a little crazy. All right, man. Well, uh, this has been great, and uh, we'll, we'll touch base soon. Yep. Go Jags. Go Jags. Prime time, Jags. baby. Prime time, Jags. Hopefully twice, right? <laughs> Flex us in on that Sunday night.